Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. I love dogs, and that's why I'm really excited to be talking with Charlotte Waycard about her new book, Life with Riv, A Dog's Guide to the San Francisco Bay Area and Beyond. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me here on the show. Thanks for having me. I'd be glad to tell you about my dogs. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm really interested in this book because, like I said, I love dogs. And this is about a dog that's been really special to you. Yes. And, you know, I, so many people have told me, I mean, they love their dogs. They have numerous dogs. And this dog is my son's dog. He's huge. He's like 85 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Very well behaved and sweet. Everyone loves this dog. People call up my son and ask him, may I take Riv to the restaurant? Because they want to meet other people, I guess. And the dog is so nice that they like to take him everywhere. That's what I understand. And he's welcome everywhere he goes. He's welcome everywhere. You'd be surprised. He's well behaved. They let us into restaurants, nice restaurants in Napa Valley. You wouldn't believe how, the treatment that we get. And they bring the dog treats. And it's just a nice experience. And I'm the only one a little nervous because my son's not nervous about what his dog is going to do because he's such a good dog. Mm. So this is a dog's guide to the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. So is this a book for dogs and dog owners only? No, not really. When I wrote the book, I really thought he's such a great dog, well-behaved dog, so well-behaved that he's in, and cute, he's fluffy and cute, that he's invited into everywhere. And so it's really for children and their parents, anybody who wants a dog, Single people who want to have a companion, they would all benefit by having, I, I like this certain type of dog, Bernadoodle dog, mm. seems to be really popular and a good companion. Mm. How long did Life with Riv take you to write? Well, actually, I was out in California with my husband and myself with my son. And when we got home, I knew, I can tell you when I had this light bulb moment when I wanted to write this book. So I wrote it in one week, no, three weeks. I wrote it in three weeks. Mm. But I had the idea sitting at a restaurant called Anjali in Napa Valley. We had 20 people come up to us, patrons from the restaurant, and they wanted to know, who is that dog? What is that dog's name? What is he all about? What kind of dog was he? Mm. 20 people. Wow. I've never had 20 people approach me for anything. <laughs> that was a light bulb moment. And right away, I thought, I'm writing this book. Wow. Yeah. And is this the first time you've done something like this, writing a book and publishing? Yes. Yes, it is. It's my first book. I do have a journalism background, and I wrote PR pieces for my son's schools and letters to the editor, nothing I was employed by. So this was my first book. I never thought I'd really write a book. I didn't think I'd find something interesting and so much fun until I met this dog, and it was like another experience. So 
it was, yeah, it was like a light bulb moment. It took me three weeks. Once I got home, hmm. I had photographs, a lot of photographs to work with. And so I put together the book in three weeks and I laid out the book just like I wanted it in about three weeks. And I sent it off to my publisher. Then you got to tell me about that moment when you finally got the first copy in. You got to hold it in your hands. What was that moment like for you, Charlotte? It was, you know, pretty unreal because I had, you know, lived through COVID like everybody. Mm. I didn't have COVID, but, you know, our whole, all of our lives were surrounded with COVID and mm. sometimes disasters and publishing slowed down a lot. And so it took a long time to you know, get the book done. So I was really elated when I saw the book and I'm kind of shocking in a way because my son, I don't think he ever thought I would write a book mom writing a book no way <laughs> and so he was pretty surprised you know i kind of did it i did it for him and i think that he was surprised that i actually finished it and got a publisher wow well, i think readers everywhere are gonna love this book it's called life with riv a dog's guide to the san francisco bay area and beyond this is written by charlotte wakehart and it's published by fulton books you can find this everywhere, like online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes and Google Play, and also down the street at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Charlotte, it's been wonderful talking with you today and learning all about Riv. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, and I hope you enjoy my book. People tell me it's kind of a charming story, and that's kind of why I wrote it. One reason I wrote it, I want to talk about this charming dog. Thank you for calling. Henry Flick, The Human Stick, Helps Carry the Load. It's the new children's book. It's out in stores now, written by Will Wardlaw. And Will is right here with me now to talk all about it. Will, thanks for joining me tonight. Hey, absolutely, Corey. Thanks for uh, having me. Well, thank you for being here. Can you tell me all about what we can expect in Henry Flick, The Human Stick, Helps Carry the Load? Well, it's a children's book, right, where... Henry is struggling with, I think, something many kids and young people maybe struggle with, trying to do things on their own. And Henry realizes through helping somebody that it's good to have friends and to work together and help each other out. A human stick. Will, you got to tell me where this idea came from. <laughs> well, in all honesty, it came from the fact that I am a terrible artist. <laughs> Originally, I had the idea of trying to do everything myself to write it and illustrate it as well as publish it. And I just got to the point where I realized that probably wasn't a great idea. A stick figure was where I was headed because I'm a terrible artist. And then I had a friend of a friend, Kelly Young, who's the illustrator, had just had a conversation with her and she drew up a couple sketches and what she drew, I just fell in love with. And that's what Henry is today. Was this a long process for you from the time you started writing it up until it got out and got published? I would say all in all, the, the time I put into it, it was maybe about a year and a half, two years. Hmm. I had the idea a few years ago and really worked on writing it in the story. And that actually, that came quickly. But then circumstances, I'm a teacher and have young kids myself. And so life kind of happened and kind of put on the back burner. And then I got to the point where I said, hey, I really need to pursue this. And I found Fulton Books and it was a great fit for me and what I needed and what they provided. And 
worked with them and then the illustrator to get it all together. And that part was very smooth and quick. But the longer part was me really working up the steam to follow through with it. Mm. Will, is this your first time in the arena of writing and publishing? It is. I have had some thoughts over the years of ideas for books, but this was the first one that really came to fruition, Hmm. mostly just inspired by my own children and reading to them when they were younger. And this whole idea just spurred from what I had been reading to them and, and feeling like there were a lot of books out there that maybe didn't have a very clear message mm-hmm. for young kids. And I thought, hey, what a great thing to produce to have a book that has a clear message. And I thought this would be a great start for my publishing future. Yeah, congratulations on getting your first one out there. I can't imagine what the moment was like for you when you got that first copy and what was that like? It was great. I'm a big dreamer. I have a lot of uh, a lot of ideas that mm-hmm. kind of enter into my life and my train of thought. And oftentimes those dreams just fall flat. And so for this one to really happen and for me to follow through with it and put the work in and the time in, It was a great feeling of satisfaction and accomplishment. Well, what's your best advice for authors who are just starting out and have this big, daunting project of writing and publishing ahead of them? That's a great question. For me personally, I really had to be intentional about setting aside time to focus on it. Being a teacher and having other jobs, having kids, my family, if I didn't set that time aside specifically and almost schedule it for myself, it never would have happened. So I would say any future writer, just be sure that you're dedicating that time to really investing in what you're trying to share and produce. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of my listeners are definitely going to enjoy this book and should check it out. It's called Henry Flick, The Human Stick Helps Carry the Load. It's written by Will Wardlaw, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can pick this up online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and also down the street at your traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Will, thanks again for coming on the show. I love learning about Henry Flick, The Human Stick, and really looking forward to what's coming next. Thanks again for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Corey. I appreciate it. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Kim Colsey. Kim, thanks for joining me here tonight. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me to join. It's great to have you here. It's also wonderful you have a new book out right now. It's called Baby Heart, Remembering Who I Am. Can you tell me about this? Yes. So Baby Heart, Remembering Who I Am is a story about the heart is the main character. And it's a story about baby heart and how over the course of our lives, sometimes through our childhood and teenage years, we have different situations that happen to us that make us feel about ourselves a certain way. So we start to build up false beliefs about who we are, about our you know worthiness and this and that. And then how sometimes at some point in our life, we get to a place where we're just feeling a bit beaten up. And then it's a process of starting to heal. So this story is about baby heart going through a few scenarios when she's young and then getting to a place where she was feeling, again, defeated, where a character called Emmanuel Hart, who's God, Jesus, whatever someone would like to think of as, you know, your loving creator, comes into Baby Hart's life and walks her back through each of the scenarios where she had felt judged and hurt and kind of heals, helps Baby Hart start to heal. So by the end of the story, 
she's all back to herself again. She remembers exactly who she is, you know, a beautiful divine being created to be herself just as she is. In a nutshell, it's a story about, it's about healing from false beliefs that we put on ourselves in our lives and how that can harm our hearts and harden our hearts and how we need to get to a place of healing from all of those things. Hmm. Kim, what kind of a reading audience were you reaching out to with this? That's the kind of cool part. So it's designed to be a children's story, probably for probably elementary school age children. However, the message is more universal. Mm. So after I wrote it, I thought, you know what? The kids may not fully understand it, but the parents who are reading it to the kids will understand it. And it may actually prompt them to keep in mind that their words matter, their actions matter towards their children, towards other people. So it, I kind of laughed at, you know, after the fact, I thought, I don't know, it's kind of, it's a children's book, but maybe it's actually for grownups mm. <laughs> to teach them to, to be careful what your words cut like a knife and you can hurt people. And then sometimes you never know the impact that you've had on another person's life by your words, especially if they're negative, but it is geared towards elementary school age kids. Kim, where did the inspiration for Baby Heart come from? Well, that was kind of what made this book such a cool venture because the concept of healing from false beliefs is something that I, a few years ago, had been reading anyway in some of the inspirational materials that I read and listen to. But the actual idea for this book came to me at like 5.30 in the morning. Some people might describe it as it felt like a download, like an inspired download. Hmm. I had kind of like a, like a little bit of a vision of the character. And like a high level of the whole idea for the story, you know, I was laying in bed and I was thinking I should probably get up and write this down, but I was so tired, <laughs> but I, I forced myself to get up and I grabbed some paper and some colored pencils at my desk by my bed. And I just started kind of drawing out loosely what the message I heard and the, and the, uh, the visuals. And then when I woke up the next day, I thought, wow, that was cool. And then it took me a couple of weeks to get started on it. But I, I think what I felt was that this was a gift. I felt like this was kind of a divine story, an inspired gift from God, mm. and that I needed to try to follow through with it. It just was a very fun, creative venture that I felt like had a purpose and a message behind it. And I thought, you know what, a lot of times I think we all get inspirations, but maybe don't follow up on them. Mm. We might think, oh, that's too hard, or I've never done that before. But, you know, I've never written a book before, but it just made me just think even more and more how when we get these inspired ideas to create something, a business or a book or a song or whatever, I think that's kind of a sign. It's like your, your, you know, your angels or your guides saying, hey, do this, you'll have fun. And I did. When I was working on it, I, could, I felt that kind of passion that you feel when you're doing something that you, that's pretty cool. Mm. So this book just got published recently. And um, I have a couple ideas for some more kind of universal spiritual kind of concepts to maybe do a sequel, mm. one or two or three more books on different living with desire and, and how to choose love over fearful responses to people. So just a couple other ideas that I think could teach young kids a way to live in life where you don't let things bother you as much and where you're kind of like learning and growing how to follow your own inner guidance and how to just know that you're loved and never feel alone. I know this is a book a lot of people are going to want to check out. It's called Baby Heart, Remembering Who I Am. It's written by Kim Colsey and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, it's been really wonderful having you on the show tonight, Kim. Thank you so much for being here, telling me all about Baby Heart. I hope we can do this again soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. My Bestie is the new book in stores now, written by Sway Sen Reza, and she's right here now with me to talk all about it. 
Swayson, thank you for joining me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me all about my bestie? Well, my bestie is an inspiration about the experience that I have been learning through the years. I wanted to somehow represent the relationship the nannies and the kids have together hmm. because it, it goes through the years after we finish, you know, with one family, we still keep in touch with them. You know, it's not like a regular job where you just move on to the next one. Hmm. Swayson, what inspired you to sit down and start writing this? My child, as I call it, my child, they always have the silliest things to say. <laughs> and I've been noticing that for them, even though they know I'm old, they see me as their own age. <laughs> because, you know, we play, we do all everything at their age. So they think somehow their age, even though they know I, I am not. When I start getting putting more attention on the little details, and they start calling me, oh, she's my bestie. She's my bestie. We do everything together. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> I can put it. It's, it was a little bit hard to put it into writing. Mm. But once I start, you know, praying about it and having more clear and play with words, then I realize, okay, I think I can do it. Hmm. Is this the first time you've ever done anything like this, like written a book or published? Yes. Oh, congratulations. How long did the whole thing take for you? From the moment I make a phone call to when it was printed for approval, I would say 10 months. Hmm. Then after all that time and all that work that you put into it, what was that moment like for you whenever you got the first copy and got to hold it in your hands and look at it for the first time? Well, I was walking to my P.O. box and I was shaking. And I'm like, why am I so nervous? And I got the box. I brought it home. I bring my daughter with me. And she's like, hey, let's open the box together. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 you open it for me. And let me know when to open my eyes. And she opened it and she put a book in front of me and I just started crying. I was like, I cannot believe it. It actually happened. I was so excited and so grateful. And it's emotional, and I still don't believe it. Like, it's once in a while I get a copy, and I'm like, I can't believe I made this. <laughs> Swayson, what is the most rewarding part now for you of being a published author? Well, see, I don't even believe myself as an author yet. It doesn't hit me. But if you pray about it, if you commit to it, everything is possible. This is a big blessing. For me, from God, because as a single mom, I have to have priorities of how am I going to raise my child. Mm. And I decided that become a nanny was the best thing for my child, so she doesn't have to be in daycare or, you know. I will have all the attention, but as I become a nanny, I realize the impact that I have on the little ones as well. Mm. And for me to put it into words and to be somehow recognize the work that I do, through the little one's eyes, that's my best reward. Mm. Because I have their unconditional love, you know? Mm. Like the parents, they will see me as a family member, but they see me as a close family member. I am attached to them emotionally and sometimes spiritually. They allow me to share the word of God. It's a big accomplishment for me that I can do pretty much whatever I want. I just need to pray about it and take the first step and don't be afraid. And somehow, if I can touch one person with this book, it will be awesome. Mm. Be an inspiration to one more nanny or to a student or to anybody. 
you know, it will be very rewarding. I know a lot of people listening right now are going to want to check out this book. It's called My Bestie. It's written by Swayson Reza, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Swayzen, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about my bestie. I had a really nice time talking. Well, thank you very much. God is definitely in the business of miraculously changing lives, and that's the basis of Michael Gilchrist's new book, Unworthy, Chosen and Forgiven, A Life and Love That Was Meant to Be. I'm really happy that Michael is joining me here right now to tell me all about it. Michael, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, great to have you on the show, Michael. Can you tell me all about Unworthy, Chosen, and Forgiven? Wow. This book is about a life's journey, my life's journey, from my young years of life to my teen years, my sexual experiences, sexual escapades, being troubled, depressed, just a list of things, joining the Air Force to not believing, but working at the Pentagon. I've been there over 30 years now. Mm. Divorce, marriage, and finding my true love in God encompass all of that and then some. Wow. Michael, what persuaded you to sit down and write your story and have it published? It took me probably 10, 12 years to get there, but many places I traveled from church, military, People just kept telling me to write a book. They listened to me talk and they're like, you should write a book. And I've heard it numerous times. I even recognized three of the folks in my book in the beginning of the book for that recognition. Mm. But I couldn't believe it. Just so many people told us to write the book and write my story. And I find out now that I'm glad I did because I believe it's really helping people. Mm. What sorts of people, Michael, were you reaching out to with this book? What kinds of readers do you think would get the most from it? Being in the military, I've traveled numerous places throughout. So from a military group working depending on you meet people from all over the world. Mm. Going to church, you meet different facets of people as well. As a pastor, I travel. I'm a guest speaker in many places. I go to Canada. I'm invited to Jamaica, just all over the United States and different places. I've been to Israel. Just people in general. It's not specific people type of group. It's just people in general. Anytime they talk to me and start sharing my life story, they share their life story, and then so happens they tell me to write a book, and that's pretty amazing. Once the writing got started on this, was it something that took you a long time, or did it happen quickly? Well, yeah, I procrastinated pretty much <laughs> for about 10 years. I was just busy traveling. I mean, I travel all the time, even now. But it took me the 10 years, and then once I really sat down to write, and thank God for COVID, and not that for the bad side of COVID, but COVID, when everything shut down, I had nothing to do. Mm. I'm a person who likes to stay busy. And so I started writing and did not know that, you know, I had it in me. And I, as soon as I put the pen to paper, my memories just start opening up and I start writing things of things I haven't thought of in 20 years. But it took me a good year to write it and then another year to edit. Michael, what is your writing background? What's it look like? Have you ever done anything like this before? Well, other than college, I wrote... <laughs> Numerous page papers in college. I'm actually a college course now, and I'm writing papers for the next two years. I understand people, human development type course. But yeah, I wrote papers for the military, not really for the public, but for military like regulations and SOPs. And so I've had that type, the technical writing, but not so much as a personal life experience. I've never done this before. And, and, and people keep asking, am I going to write another book? And so I'm like, I'm beginning to enjoy it. 
Mm. So it opened up a facet of my life I didn't know was there. Mm. Do you think there'll be more in the future then? Yeah, I think so. I'm toying with, you know, about three or four different topics running through my head. And mm. I like just life, people. As a pastor, I sit down doing pastor feedback sessions and counseling and marriage counseling. And, and I find out my life is so similar to other people. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And the difference between me and other people is I actually put my eyes down to pen and paper. And I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. So what words of wisdom would you have now for people listening who are just starting out as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, I get that question as many. And I tell people, because a lot of people say, I should have wrote a book. Or I thought about it. And I tell them, I encourage them, write it. You just never know how your mind begins to work, especially if you believe in what you're writing. Mm -hmm. I think people should just write. It sounds like cliche, but not. I mean, it really works. You just write your book or manuscript and it turns into a book. So. A lot of my listeners are absolutely going to want to check out this book. It's titled Unworthy, Chosen, and Forgiven, A Life and Love That Was Meant to Be. It's written by Michael Gilchrist and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes, or also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Michael, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about this book and about your life. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thanks a lot, Corey. Greatly appreciate it. The first in a series of children's books by Susan Marie is out in stores now. It's titled Jackie the Brave, and Susan Marie is right here with me now to talk all about it. Susan, thanks so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's great that Jackie the Brave is out there for readers now. Can you tell me all about it? Okay, so the book is about a puppy that sees cars as metal beasts. He then sees his little girl getting on a school bus and thinks she's being abducted by it. So he chases after the yellow dragon and, of course, loses his battle. However, the Christian family that he was adopted into modeled the love of Christ and began teaching him about God. It is the first of seven books, only two of which have been published so far. The second book in the series is about overcoming a fear of the dark. However, all seven are about trusting in the Lord to overcome fears, and every book closes with scripture so that children can learn about God's goodness. Wow, that's wonderful. Susan, what ages of children do you think would get the most of it? So I'm thinking like preschool through elementary school age children because it is a picture book. Susan, how do you get the idea for this series? Well, I actually have a little dog named <laughs> Jackie. And he used to love to chase cars. And so when my children were younger, they used to always, why does he chase the cars? Why does he chase the cars? <laughs> I used to say, well, maybe he sees them like giant metal dragons, like in the story Don Quixote, Man of La Mancha, mm. and how he would look at the windmills and think that they were dragons or mm -hmm. monsters. <laughs> and so I said, so maybe it's the same for the dog. And that's how I got the idea for it. Hmm. Have you ever done this before in the way of children's books? I only started writing books after I became a Christian. Hmm. And so I try to write stories based from my life, but stories that I think address things that would be good for believers. Susan, what took longer, writing Jackie the Brave or publishing the book? Oh, definitely publishing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I think, how long did it take me? It, 
it only took me a few days, I think, to actually write the book and describe all the illustrations that I wanted. But publishing took almost a year. Mm. What advice then would you have for people listening now who are just starting out and want to publish their first? The only advice I can offer other struggling writers is if you choose to follow this path, make sure that you're doing it for God, because it is not a path that offers monetary compensation. A lot of time and hard work went into Jackie the Brave. So, Susan, tell me about the moment that you finally got the first copy. You got to hold it in your hands. You know, I would be lying to say that it wasn't exciting because it was. It's very exciting to see my book in physical copy. Mm. But like with everything, if you're a believer, you know that you can do nothing on your own. Mm. And so... I try to remember and not steal God's glory. I try to remember that he is the one who is enabling everything. And that way, when I see it, I remember to praise him. Writing and publishing a book is a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of people. It's such a daunting thing when you're just starting out. And a lot of people have a hard time just getting started because it looks so huge. So, Susan, what's the most rewarding part of being a published author for you? For me, it is simply knowing that I'm using the talents that God has given me. Because when you read the Bible and the story talks about the talents, you know, and how the one person went and got double and and the next person went and got double and then the last person buried it in the ground. (laughs) I'm like, I do not want to be the person that's burying it in the ground. So I try to not let fear dictate my life and I try to, in every way, be brave for God because that's what he wants us to be. Well, I definitely encourage my listeners to check out this book. It's called Jackie the Brave. It's written by Susan Marie and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere online at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and iTunes and at traditional brick and mortar stores as well. Well, Susan, thanks again for coming on the show and telling me all about Jackie the Brave. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the series. I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you. Godless v. Liberty, The Radical Left's Quest to Destroy America's Judeo-Christian Foundation. This is the new book, Out in Stores Now, written by D.D. Simpson. And the author, Dean, is sitting right here with me now to talk all about it. Dean, thank you for joining me here tonight. Corey, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. Can you tell me all about Godless v. Liberty? What can readers expect? Well, it's it's a combination. There's history in the book. There's theology, and mixed in there is political satire. There's what I believe a lot of hypocrisy within our leadership, and I just expose it using their own words. And where I tie everything together is where we're going with this, where we are as a nation. So in order to find out where we are now, that's the history part, I went back and researched how did we come about the Constitution? which people influenced it. Hmm. Part of that influence was taken from the Bible, and that's where the theology part comes in. And then where we're going, I really rely on Revelation and the book of Daniel to tie that all in. Hmm. So anybody who's interested in those things, I think would find this book a good read. Hmm. Dean, what inspired you to sit down and write this? Well, this is my third book, and it's a good word. What's the inspiration? In each of my books, there was a strong, something that I really felt that needed to be said. In this book, in in Godless v. Liberty, 
I just saw how our nation was going. And when I started this book, it was in between administrations. So there was President Trump and then in the middle of it, then President Biden took over. And I could just see how things were transforming, how our liberties, our Bill of Rights, our First Amendment was slowly, I shouldn't even say slowly, but progressively chipping away. Mm. And that's why in in the subtitle, when I say the radical left's quest to destroy America's Judeo-Christian foundation, I felt it was very important to get back to that foundation and show, well, what was our founding father's intent? Mm. And if we agree upon that, then we can see where we have deteriorated, in my opinion, as a nation. Mm. Considering all that research, it sounds to me like something that might have taken you a long time to do. Is that the case? It was a book that, as I was I was working on my second book, and, and, and the second book kind of ties into this a little bit, not much. It's a different genre in a sense, but let me start with my first one. My first book was titled The Blue Porn, A Memoir of an NYBD Foot Soldier. And it was about my time on the New York City Police Department. Hmm. goes into 9-11 and things that transpired around that time. When I finished the book, and this was only, I think that book came out in 2018 or in 2022, so it's within the last four or five years. I love to write. I've always written for newspapers, magazines, articles, but I finally finished the book. And now I had the book. My wife is from Colombia, and of course, she's told me many stories. I, I knew about her journey. And when I was looking for the second book, I said, boy, I said, what, what would be better than telling her story now? Mm-hmm. In her story, when I went down, they had the uh, naturalization ceremony, and she's sworn in and takes the oath of allegiance. Anyone has ever experienced that, there's just such a proud feeling to be an American. Mm-hmm. And if somebody has it, I recommend that they do, because I think we take a lot for granted. And when you go to a ceremony, and you see particular ceremony I was at, there was about 100 of those being sworn in. And there's not a dry eye in the room. You're just overwhelmed that these people, how much they wanted to become an American citizen. And I just think it's human nature. We take things for granted. I was born an American citizen. What's the big deal? It's not until you take a step back and you realize how blessed we are and how blessed we've been to have something like the Constitution and those Bill of Rights that First Amendment. I thank God we live in a nation where we can protest, we can disagree. I just wish we could do it with more civility. Mm. And that's what's being lost right now. Mm. I know this is a book a lot of my listeners are going to want to check out. It's called Godless v. Liberty, The Radical Left's Quest to Destroy America's Judeo-Christian Foundation. This is written by D.D. Simpson and is published by Newman Springs Publishing. You can jump online and get this on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes or down the street at your local traditional brick-and-mortar store. Dean, thanks again for coming on the show and telling me all about Godless v. Liberty. I had a great time talking with you. Corey, likewise. Thank you for the opportunity. The Beautiful One. It's a new children's book. It's out in stores right now. It's written by Marilyn Zarance, and I'm really happy that Marilyn is right here with me now to talk about it. Marilyn, thanks for joining me tonight. You're welcome. I'm very glad to be on your show. It's great to have you here. Can you tell me all about The Beautiful One? Well, it's a story that I received years ago from God, and it's about a little caterpillar who travels through the meadow trying to find his family and where he belongs, and then in the end, he finds he's changed into the beautiful one, the butterfly. Hmm. 
Marilyn, you said you received this from God. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. In 1985, I thank God for all the wonderful things he was doing in my life. And in my mind came back an answer of like the caterpillar who slows down and changes into the butterfly. If you take time, slow down, and take time with me, you too can become the beautiful one. Mm. And that stuck in my mind for a number of years, the thought that was put into my mind. So in 1990, I sat down and I started writing the story. And I completed the story that day. And through the years, I held on to it till 2021 and then decided that I would venture out and see if I could get this published. Marilyn, what kinds of readers do you think would be really into The Beautiful One? Well, children, but also adults. I had taken it into work, my written story that I had typed up in the 90s. And my supervisor at the time asked me if I would make one of the creatures in her name and put it in my book. She was so impressed with it. Wow. And she really loved it. And I thought, boy, grown adults would enjoy this also because it's inspirational. Wow. Then, Marilyn, when that day came, you got the first copy of The Beautiful One in the mail. You got to hold it in your hands for the first time and look at it. What was that moment like for you? I couldn't believe I finally did it Mm. because I held on to it all those years. And like I said, it was something in my mind that I just could not let go of and wanted to share it with other people and thought that if other people read the book, they would understand how God holds us in his hands and how he changes us into what he wants us to be. And I was just thrilled with the book. Mm. Marilyn, so many of our listeners right now are people who also have a story. They want to get their first book out there. What advice could you give them? Well, if you have an inspiration and it stays in your mind, sit down and take your time and write it. Write out what you're thinking and what you want to express and share it with others because that's the gift of God, the sharing of your ideas. So much time, so much hard work goes into writing and publishing a book. So, Marilyn, what's the most rewarding part of it all for you? Well, the idea that the book is actually out and my family is proud of it and my friends are proud of it and they are very excited. Just the idea that the story itself would touch other people's lives is what is so great to me. Looking ahead, do you have plans to maybe write and publish more? I have other writings that I have been holding on to for years, but at this time, there's nothing in the works, possibly down the future. Marilyn, it happens to us all when we write. Sometimes it gets tough. Sometimes you get writer's block. Sometimes you just run out of ideas. What do you do when the writing gets tough for you? Well, I just have to have an inspiration, number one. Mm. And once you have something in your mind, You just take your time, and over months or years, whatever time it takes, you'll come to your end of the story, and you'll come to the realization of what your story really is all about. Sometimes you start thinking you want to make it one way, and at the end, you realize it's something totally different. Well, I encourage my listeners to check out this book. It's titled The Beautiful One. It's written by Marilyn Zarance, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere that you pick up your reading material, like at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Marilyn, thanks again for stopping by the show. I had such a wonderful time chatting with you tonight. Okay, thank you very much for your time, and I hope your readers will enjoy my book. To hell with the devil. It's time to blow the lid off Lucifer's coffin. That's the name of the new book in stores now by Gary Randall Wallace, 
and Gary is right here with me now to talk all about it. Gary, thanks for joining me tonight. Glad to be here. Can you tell me all about To Hell with the Devil? What can readers expect? It's a book that I actually, you can go back 45 years when I first got saved. Hmm. During that time, I had a vision. That was a long time ago. God led me through the scriptures, and I want to find scripture truth because there's so many different doctrines, etc. out there. Hmm. I was able to find the verses that I absolutely, absolutely guarantee the subject that I use in the book are absolutely true. And I say that because it is done through scripture. I can back everything up with scripture. I have key scriptures that nail certain subjects dead on, and you can't gainsay it. And so I just want to reveal to the people that this is specifically what God really wants me to do with this book. Explain to people, at least the churches, I don't know why they don't, but God said there's only one God. You can go back to script, dozens of scriptures in the Old Testament New. God says there is no God but me. <laughs> so, you know, he tells Israel, you, you go out, cut down a tree on the forest, you bring it home, you cook your food, warm yourselves, then you make yourself a God and worship it. It can't walk, talk, speak. So that's throughout the whole Old Testament. But still today, just back as when God punished Israel for worshiping false gods, that we're seeing more gods today than they had back in those days. So God wants to prove, and we need to put God back on the throne. We need to get him glorified in this, especially the times we're living in, because we are living, I'm telling you, it's very possible we could see the day of the Lord come very quickly. So I just want people to be aware that I totally blow away the whole doctrine of Lucifer. It was simply talking one thing, one time in the Bible, Isaiah 14. Take this proverb against the king of Babylon. Proverb means like a parable. Jesus made a parable, etc. The parable in the Greek was a fictitious narrative about life concerning morals. Well, proverb is the same thing in the Hebrew. So when you read that 14th chapter, it's in the term of that, it's metaphorical. That what proverb means, it's a metaphorical language there. So we're talking about Lucifer. It's just a metaphorical name given to King Nebuchadnezzar, because if you read Daniel 4 and Isaiah 14, you're going to see the very same scenario. So I want to give, see this book reach as many people. It's not always going to be accepted, uh, but I'm telling you, it is the truth. I think, like Jesus said, I'm a man sent from God, and I tell you the truth, and you want to kill me. So I may not be very popular after this book gets out. But I blow away a lot of a lot of false doctrines, a burning hell. I can destroy that whole doctrine with four verses, which I do in the book. Hmm. Gary, were you primarily writing to a church audience then with this book? No, not just a church audience. Anybody that you got a lot of Luciferians out there. You got a lot of people that worship false gods. So no, I want to get reach the church and the public. But like I said, let me put it this way. Jesus ministered three and a half years, raised the dead, healed the sick. After that three and a half years, he ended up with 120. So uh, <laughs> there wasn't very many for a guy that was God and raised the dead. you got mega churches out here now with thousands in it. So at the end of his, his ministry, he only had 120. Well, I spent 45 years on this, and I ended up with a book with only 50 pages. <laughs> but those 50 pages, you cannot put a monetary value on those truths that I, that I break. And those Christians that read it will see they're going to hear the truth. And anybody else who wants to read it, because they're going to get their eyes opened, it will be very controversial. Like I said, this book just didn't come overnight. I spent 45 years in the Scriptures, and I read the Bible every night. Wow. Gary, do you have plans to be writing more then after this? Uh, it all depends. It all depends. I haven't really—I'm not a writer, to be honest with you. I did write a screenplay 
called Nino Cochise. But that's the only writing I've ever done. And the reason I had it, I wanted a, I wanted a big, ugly devil, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. on the cover. Mm-hmm. And these guys at Faith Publishing Company did a fantastic job. And the cover was, and I saw that, I said, perfect. Just what I wanted. I wanted, you know, I didn't want a thick book. I wanted a small book. And I wanted it to attract people, especially young people. You know, they're into Bigfoot, aliens, and all this. Well, here they see this cover, and they say, hey, I might want to check this out. So mm-hmm. that's basically it. The name of the book is To Hell with the Devil. It's time to blow the lid off Lucifer's coffin. This is written by Gary Randall Wallace, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for books like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Gary, thank you again for coming on the show. I had a nice time chatting with you tonight. Thank you. This book says it's a book based on God's love for us. It's called The True Love of Jesus Christ, The Difference Between Eternal Life and Death. The author, Tyson Amos, is right here with me now. Tyson, thanks for coming on with me tonight. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, it's wonderful you have this book out in stores right now. So what is the true love of Jesus Christ all about? It's just a book of how much God loves us, how much he loves us. He don't want no soul to perish, you know, and Mm -hmm. he showed me that since I was eight years old. He saved me from a suffocation demon and let me know that he's always been there for me. Mm. Tyson, what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? All, all readers. There's no one that don't need to know the love of Jesus Christ. Mm. He's our way to eternal life. Tyson, can you think back to that time when you got the idea or were inspired to sit down and write this and have it published? Yes, I can. I actually was prompted by the Holy Spirit to write this and just let everyone know what my story was and how much the, the Lord does love us. At eight, like I mentioned before, at eight years old, I was being suffocated every night. Wow. I didn't even really know. How many nights I hollered for my mom. This thing just kept suffocating me till I would pass out. One night, it just wouldn't leave me alone. It kept every night persistently for many nights. One night while it was going on, I must have passed out and I kept seeing this every time I'd pass out, I'd see a light and I'd be falling farther and farther and farther away from this light and the light would start turning into a speck and it was the most loneliest, horrible feeling I could ever describe to anybody because that light falling farther away from it was everything that I loved and everything that loved me. I hollered for Jesus in the midst of this and I fell into the blue and he told me he was there for me and had saved me and that he would always be there. And he has. And that's mainly what inspired me to write this book is because I went on living my life from eight years old up until this point, this last two years ago, I had fell into a lifestyle of sin and was just a slave to the flesh and to the fleshful desires. And He came to me during a bad time. I'd lost my dad and I was pretty much ready to call or quits myself. And I ended up going to jail and I looked into his eyes. He, I looked him in the eyes and he was looking at me from inside of myself through my eyes at me. It was the most humbling experience that I can even describe. And he let me know that he loves me still, no matter that I did fall into this lifestyle of sin. And I just took his blood for granted, which no matter what, once you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you're saved. He loves us. I can guarantee you that he loves us very much. And he just let me know that everything's okay. And then he helped change me. He changed me overnight. He took profanity off of my tongue. 
I still don't cuss and I have totally changed my lifestyle around, not because of the fact that I had to to be saved, but the fact that I want to because I the love that I have for him and the love that he's shown me. Wow. Tyson, how long did this take you to write and then get published? It took probably about six months to write, five months to write, somewhere in there. And then it took a year to publish. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to publishing anything? No, no, I haven't. In fact, I'd never even, I was never one of my, even my wildest dreams. I never thought I'd be a published author. He made that all possible. He, once I, the Holy Spirit prompted me to sit down and read and write. And once I did that, he more or less let me know that the book was going to be published a year later at a certain date. And he even made it possible for the money to be there to publish the book and everything. It was a very big blessing. Tyson, it's obvious that the Spirit is working through you. Have you given any thought to maybe writing another book? Yes, I actually have already wrote uh, another book. Mm. It's called Walk by Faith, Not by Sight. I'm hoping to get it published soon, which we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping within the next year it'll be out. And I've already started on another one, which is the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that one will be out hopefully shortly thereafter. We're looking forward to those. The name of the book is The True Love of Jesus Christ, The Difference Between Eternal Life and Death. This is written by Tyson Amos, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick this up anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you go shopping for books. Tyson, thank you again for coming on the show here with me today. It was great talking with you. Thank you. Praise Jesus, yes, for sure. He's made this all possible. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.